This is Mike. And this is Drew. Welcome to the Mike and Drew at Mountain View podcast. It is February 1st, 2023. And for episode eight, we want to know, why are people leaving church? It's a really tough question because obviously no one leaves for the exact same reasons. But I'd say there's kind of a pattern that we could identify or maybe a few different patterns that we can attempt to identify um, in the next few minutes here. Yeah, and I think I've got an answer, I think, but I am open because when a person leaves a church, there's a story behind it. Of course. And it's usually not a rash decision. There's usually something typically that's been building up. The leadership hasn't dealt with it well, or the congregant hasn't dealt with it well, and there's a story to every departure, and for the same departure, you might get not two, but three, and maybe even four sides to that story. Right, and there could be a group of people who all leave at the same time or something like that, you know? I know with COVID, I don't know how that was handled here, but, you know, people tend to quit going to church because, you know, COVID, everyone stayed home and that's fine. But then some people kind of never came back. And so that was kind of a thing. I had just had a short conversation with a professor. I didn't ask permission to share, so I won't share his name. Uh, but Dr. Carl Bridges uh, at Johnson University, <laughs> he was saying, uh, we were talking about this and just in general about churches our size and what we saw in the pandemic is uh, statistically still down to two-thirds of what the churches were before COVID. So if you ran 100 post-COVID, you've now recovered back to 66. That's the That's the average. So one of the things he said was that many people left in the smoke of the pandemic people that already had a foot out the door they had a this was the final excuse that they kind of felt like they had permission to leave almost right and 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 so i know what we're talking about is bigger than just the pandemic but Mm -hmm. that's a more recent thing that churches are just now wrapping their minds around and saying i guess this is what's happening and i i have a conclusion but i want to hear some more of what you're what you're seeing that i might be missing here So I've been doing a little bit of research today, and one of the really interesting ideas that came about um, as I was listening to podcasts and reading articles and stuff was this idea that people are leaving the church because they're not challenged by the church. And so this idea that, you know, I was listening to this uh, Catholic bishop, and he was saying, you know, back in the 70s, um, when he was growing up, they made things really easy for people to digest you know they didn't want to scare anybody off so they made things really easy yeah come on in you know things are really easy you just kind of show up and do whatever um and that it created an opportunity for people to be like well if it's so easy like clearly it's not that important and so the church being able to challenge people and we see this in the bible all the time god challenges people to step out of their comfort zone and to do more than they think they're capable of. I, I think about Abraham and his calling to step out um, from, you know, his really kind of easy life into a life that was quite difficult right up until the end. Um, and then, you know, you think of Moses. He was just being a shepherd, and God calls him out into, again, a very difficult life, um, but a God-pleasing life. And I think part of what we need to look at is that the church needs to 
challenge and call people into this adventure, you know, like uh, the Hobbit. Bilbo's stuck in his little Hobbit hole, and he loves it, but he's called to adventure. Now, see, again, you reference something that I am vaguely familiar with. You never read The Hobbit? No, sir. I'm familiar with the films, which doesn't count, and I've only watched them once out of obligation to so much peer pressure to watch Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit, so... I'm I, I'm intrigued. I'm not mocking it. I'm intrigued. That's I don't understand that. Uh, but what you're saying is there was like this literal comfort zone. Yeah, in the in the Hobbit, it is literally that he's this little fat guy and he loves you know the 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 best part of his day. You know, hobbits have like five meals a day. Okay, because, so he sounds like me at this point. I, I mean, no. <laughs> but okay, so are you saying that people are leaving the church? because they think that the church is just a comfort zone or they're leaving because they're they want it to be a comfort zone i think people don't know what they need myself included and people early maybe you know 20 30 years ago people thought that they needed that people needed a comfort zone in the church when in fact um the church does not need to be a comfort zone. It needs to be a place where we can go and do the work, do the the, the ministry and serve and worship. Um, yeah, because the, the church is a sending unit, and so there you should be able to find peace and comfort in a church, but it is a peace and comfort which is restorative and with the purpose of getting you back out on the track as though it were a pit stop or back out in the field as though it was uh, a bench on a sideline. Yeah, I've heard it as a... A school, maybe, or a hospital, or um, like a like a big navy where all the planes come. What do you call that? Aircraft carrier. Yeah, an aircraft carrier where right people come in, they they stay around, and then they go back out. Right, and while they're while they're in the aircraft carrier, they're being given the details of the mission, the tools they're using, their resources, their aircraft and ammunition are being taken care of. But the point, their mission is not accomplished necessarily. By being on that ship, they are sent Correct. back out. Yeah. Okay, so if if I can switch metaphors here and kind of direct towards what I believe the answer could be, uh, but what, what you said broadens that out a little bit more. I'm thinking of roots. Uh, we're, here, we're, we're here in your office in the basement of the church and uh, where the studio is set up, and across the street is a parsonage, and in between the parsonage and the church, uh, at the entrance of the cemetery, used to be an oak tree. That oak tree was blown over in a windstorm just about a a little over a year ago, uh, or maybe a little less than a year ago, I honestly don't remember, but this tree falls over while we're here. I come home one night, and the tree is in the parking lot, a huge oak tree. Well, when it fell, the daylight revealed that the uh, side of the tree that uh, was facing where the wind was coming from had no more roots. The the roots were gone. So when the wind, if you can imagine leverage and how it works, the wind's pushing against the top side of that tree and on the same side of the tree, on the bottom side of that tree where the wind is hitting the top, the bottom side has no roots. So you can imagine how leverage mm-hmm. works. It just hinges it over on the good side of the roots, uh, don't do anything for it. And so I believe the research I did showed me, revealed to me that one of the, maybe not the, one of the main reasons 
is there are little to no spiritual roots, which kind of merges with what you're saying because the younger generations, the last three generations, including mine, want more ancient roots. They want to get into the Bible more. Mm -hmm. They don't really crave the entertainment like even Gen X did in the, you know, the youth groups of the uh, 70s and even uh, the ones who were teenagers in the early 80s. They were craving a little bit more entertainment and a little bit more focus on their generation. We are craving more and more intergenerational, timeless truth that isn't owned by a single generation. Yeah, that's actually another thing I wanted to bring up is that, uh, so there's this book called Sticky Faith that I read in college. And basically the idea is that the problem is that kids leave the church when they graduate high school and move to college. And they it's because they haven't developed those roots. And so how do we develop a sticky faith is what, it, what it's called. Or that's the idea. And the biggest thing is intergenerational relationships. And so it, it reads here uh, on their website, Despite the age segregation that exists in our churches and broader culture, each young person is greatly benefited when surrounded by a team of five adults. We call this the new five-to-one ratio. So this idea that every kid needs five adults that are speaking into them, which five is a big number. Yeah, that's... They only have two parents. I don't even think parents count on this number. And right. so they need five adult people speaking into their life regularly, whether that's, you know, teachers or coaches or hopefully youth ministers. But five's a big number to get to. How do you get there? Well, you look at a small church like this. I guess we have three couples that are adults that are leading kids ministry and youth ministry on Sunday nights. And so that's six adults right there but not every adult gets to be with every kid for you know a, a right. good amount of time but. well and it can start breaking down and it i'm not saying it's the only answer but i'm saying when you have a small church where you have a bunch of adults of any age group who are saying what can i do to help yeah. and we got a few kids well one of the things you do is you just start listening ask the kids how their day went listen to their stories share your stories about your childhood absolutely and just start building some relationship and if you're worried oh well i'm gonna bore the kids with my story i doubt it kids love stories you know as i love a good story as long as you don't try to remember everybody's name you grew up with and try to get all that personal information that the kid won't appreciate just tell them uh where your adventures took place and that you had friends who did the crazy thing and it led to the memorable scar that you can still show them on your forearm <laughs> you know do the kids love that the the boring part can only come in when you you try to share family names or specific roads or towns and and that's not something the kid can really relate to but yeah. you you say hey we were playing in the creek and you know we we were trying to fish with uh you know um left uh, an antenna from my dad's car you know and, <laughs> yeah. and the kid immediately is like oh that that sounds crazy um one of the articles that addressed just what you mentioned uh from 2019 Christianity Today, and it was a it was a survey conducted about the reasons, top 10 reasons young people are no longer in church, and that was, number one was just that they moved away to college, and if yeah. moving to another location and entering another life chapter is enough for our young people to justify not being a part of a local fellowship of believers, then that's a red flag that they might not have had the roots they needed 
at the church they grew up in, if they only went to church uh, for any other reason than uh, spiritual nourishment and fellowship with other believers, if they just went to church because they were forced to and not given much of a reason outside of that, then there, there aren't many roots. But if their roots were, you need Jesus, you need to grow in the Word. The, the other top four reasons given in 2019 for church dropouts, uh, after number one being I moved to college, number two, church, church members seemed judgmental and hypocritical at 32%. 29% say, I didn't feel connected to people in my church. 25% said, I disagreed with the church's stance on political or social issues. So keep in mind, it is an issue, but it's starting to creep down the list a little bit. Yeah. And if you haven't listened to our uh, podcast on politics, you can go and search that, and basically you'll hear that as a church, we should be more affiliated with Christ than we are any political party, and I mean that with every ounce of my being. Finally, 24% uh, said the reason they dropped out of church and stopped attending church was simply that their work responsibilities prevented them from attending. That's interesting. And that makes me think of that. Uh, there's a church in Seymour that started a Thursday night service. I loved it. I, I heard when that was announced, I've asked how it's going and it's going well. And they have at least if all you get is one new person a week, who couldn't have gone to church otherwise because yeah. of their schedule, then I call that a win, and they're seeing that, and other families in the church are having an opportunity to minister in kind of a new mission field of Thursday night church, full-on church, songs, communion, yeah. everything. And so, you know, forget, when we talk about dropping out of church, we're not just saying uh, you don't show up on Sunday morning. We mean some of these people are not making time at any point in their week to go to church, and some of that may be we as churches are not offering them enough options. Yeah. And at this point, I don't think we have the capacity to offer a Thursday night service, but I think it's really cool that there are churches out there who are able to do that and have the resources to do that. Yes, and if if we had a specific need, and we've, we had somebody, Drew, if somebody called you and I and said, we'd love to come to church, but we can't come on Sunday morning, I'd be willing to bet, you and I would grab two or three people, and we would even try to do a little something. Oh, yeah. You know, but but like you say, that would be very difficult, and it would be above and beyond. So that is where a smaller church might be at a disadvantage, mm -hmm. is in that unique scenario. But you have other churches of like-minded faith you could recommend and say, well, I'm sorry, we can't offer that. But as a small church, we are not competitive. So we're going to say, hey, we can't meet this need, but let's connect you to somebody else. And in that case, if they can't grow their roots here, we will connect them to another church that is also going to point them to Christ and teach them the inerrancy and eternal value of Scripture. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let me see here. Well, while you're, while you're looking at that, a couple of verses that jumped out. Uh, to me was uh, from Colossians chapter 2, verse 7, which uh, talks about roots, right? Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, having been, so this is past tense, having been firmly rooted and now being built up in him and established in your faith, just as you were instructed and 
overflowing with gratitude. So that's quite a bit, but the bottom line is Paul's reminding the church in Colossae that they have been rooted in the faith, and now they have to continue growing and doing so abundantly, growing taller, branching out, uh, bringing in God's power like through photosynthesis. And, you know, it's this description, but he says, you have been firmly rooted. So he feels justified in challenging them, whereas at other points in Scripture we read, hey, you should be on a meat diet. You're still on a milk diet. I can't even challenge you to do more. Yeah. Here, that's not the issue. Paul says, uh, hey, we got things we got to work on, but you have good roots so you can grow in Christ. Yeah, I'm going back to kind of that the challenging aspect of things. You know, we want we want to be able to challenge our members, our, our congregants. I love the, and I've never really thought about it this way until now, but this this um, the words we use when we talk about sort of like that calling, you know, the call to adventure, um, mission, you know, mission work, doing, doing the mission. I just like these, they're really powerful words that we use to kind of push people out and, and send people out, you know, I, I don't know. I, I just think that's really interesting to think about. Well, and you get to the term of, of, of branching out, right? If yeah. we're sticking with the metaphor of roots, then you're talking about branching out. You're talking about providing shelter for others. So to, to dig roots doesn't have anything to do with, say, digging a shelter and hiding and going underground. It is uh, creating an anchor, uh, creating a root and a system of nutrition and replenishment that allows you to bear fruit, that mm-hmm. allows you to branch out, that allows you to... Uh, produce seeds that can turn into other tree, and you know that that could be an endless conversation. And we're going to work on keeping this a little bit shorter podcast this time. And we talked about that in the beginning, and we got some uh, advice that we'll we'll try to keep this one a little shorter. But uh, that's a hard part with these kind of topics. I could go on for another, you know, half hour or so. We could do. I think. I think we could do two, Drew. I think we could do two hours. Oh yeah, I just listened to our podcast. You do what? Yeah. Oh, actually, I listened to two today. I I have to take them in bite-sized chunks. Like I, maybe that's my short attention span. But you remember, <laughs> if if you go back to the podcast, I can't remember what we entitled this one, but it had to do with social media and was it uh, helping or was it harming? And one of the stats we had in there uh, from a recent article just this last year, uh, it said that twelve percent of formerly regular churchgoers say they're not attending in person or watching online. And that is the the lack of the root. So people stepped out mm-hmm. and said, I'm gonna I'm gonna wait at home till it all passes over. And they really didn't mean it. What they meant was this is the best way for me to step out without hurting your feelings. Yeah. And, and there are people who I think maybe did mean it and then just kind of, you know, fell out of the habit. Um, I've, I, I heard this quote all the time growing up, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. So they had every intention to watch online and then, well, you know, we really, you know, we want to sleep in this week. It's been a long week. And then, you know, the next week, oh, you know, maybe, you know, something else came up. Well, and if you're listening to this and you're, you're rolling your eyes thinking, okay, so why are we elevating church attendance? What's the big deal about attending church? You can be a believer, you can be a Christian, and you don't have to be a part of a church. Well, I, I would encourage you to just go through the scriptures again and, and listen to what—to understand our perspective, listen to what we hear the Bible saying about— our need for community, community our need yeah. for koinonia, our need for fellowship. And so right now, I believe that is best done through a type of corporate 
church. I would also say it, it needs a hybrid of home church and small group. But right now what we're talking about is regular involvement in a church. And I'm not just talking about Sunday morning attendance. It's, it's a little more broad reaching than that. But the bottom line is these, the premise of this is those that will go to college and where we're seeing the biggest number and they don't connect to any church. So I don't ask people, which church are you a member of or which church do you attend? I ask, which church are you plugged into? Yeah. Because I know that can look like many different things and you can have faithful believers who are contributing to a church, but maybe they just attend twice a month, but they help with all the projects. They, they are ministers behind the scenes and I get it. So I ask, which church are you plugged into and and which ministerial staff could you lean on if you're having if you're in a crisis those are that's what i want to know and who is teaching you and asking you questions of accountability yeah who are you like gaining wisdom from and stuff like that absolutely so if we are for the sake of time and and kind of experimenting to see how we do with a shorter podcast here if we're if if let's say we got two more minutes all right so sure uh, we got an emergency landing. We're going to land this plane. I want to fly <laughs> another 10 minutes. But if we are bringing this topic, because it can be offensive and, and it can be in people's face that, oh, well, you know, they don't, they're not going to like me because I'm not going to church. Well, send us an email at uh, podcast at mvcc6mile.org, right? Yep, the, the number six. The, right, right. The number six, podcast at mvcc sixmile.org and give us some other perspectives share some articles or scriptures here but you know when when i uh read john chapter 15 verses 1 through 2 jesus said i am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser every branch in me that does not bear fruit he takes away and every branch that bears fruit he prunes so that it bears more fruit and i have not found a better venue for producing Christ-like fruit in my life than being surrounded by other believers who can help prune me, who can help to uh, make me aware of my flaws to continue uh, growing up and bearing better fruit. So I think it takes a village. I think it takes a community of believers. And, and I think roots are what we need to help establish in our children, our peers. And I believe that could be one of the main reasons so many people continue to leave church today. Yeah. I could go on for another, you know, 30 minutes on that, but, but I think there, we should if, end right there. If there was a core thought, one more nugget from you of, of what what you think the solution is. I think getting plugged in in community and challenging those around us to, to continue to do the work. And as as ministers, so if we if we got ministers listening to this and, or, or new ministers or those considering becoming ministers, what is, uh, what is a concept to say this this concept will keep the young people in your church and keep them building roots. What what do we need? I think we need to not beat around the bush with some difficult topics. So sincerity? Yeah, absolutely. Sincerity. Well, I, I think you have it there, um, and I appreciate you uh, listening into this podcast, and I would ask that you share it. I think these are worthy topics, but I, I agree that— one of the reasons we see so many young people leaving is a lack of sincerity mm-hmm. and consistency with Scripture. Not perfection, but just sincerity. So, um, This has been Drew. This has been Mike. And this has been the Drew, Mike and Drew at Mountain View Podcast. I mess it up every time. <laughs> Eat your vegetables.